Hey folks, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, October 12, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. We have a clean daily S&P chart. We don't have any lines on the screen. What we want to do is take a look at the first thing, the second thing, even the third thing that jumps off the page at us. What's important on the daily chart? First and foremost, the market's in an uptrend. We're obviously approaching the all-time highs. This has been quite the run in the market, which leads me to a slight interruption. Wasn't too long ago that we talked about two possible schematics. One was we run up and put in a high. That high came in in the beginning of September. The second thing that would happen is we come down and put in a corrective move. We did that. Then the third thing, and here's where the schematic could have taken a fork in the road. They could have continued down and collapsed the market. That was number two. Now number one for the purposes of this conversation. Or number two is they could have then rallied the market and either come up short of the all-time highs or even potentially make an all-time high. We don't know which one that's going to result in just yet, but we're in that schematic where we made a high, we made a low, and now we're on the way back up, approaching the all-time highs. So this was certainly one of the schematics. This was the preferred schematic. So back to the daily chart. The first thing that jumped off the page is the market's in an uptrend approaching new highs. The trend is your friend until the very end when it's no longer your friend. The second thing that jumps off the page is what the market really did on Friday. So let me just put a line on the screen and then we're going to have a discussion about what the market likes to do and also what the market normally does do. Okay, so what does that line represent? It's at an arbitrary number. It represents an area. The area is a breakdown candle. Not the high, but the lower end of the breakdown candle. The point that I want to make is what happened on Friday. Here's Friday's candle. The market opened up and it opened at a price of 345.56. It traded higher and it closed inside of that breakdown candle. Not just above the low of the breakdown candle, but it's beginning to climb up the breakdown candle. So then we go back to the same thing that we discuss over and over again, which is what do markets like to do? They like to go and test the highs of breakdown candles, the lows of breakup candles. They do this all the time. We talk about it all the time. So therefore, it should sound by now like a broken record. Well, that leads me to the next thing. What's the high of this breakdown candle? 356.38. So whether it's 356, past 356.38, or short of 356, somewhere in that neighborhood, the market is at present targeting It is the current destination. Now, at the beginning of the day on Monday, you don't know that that's the target or the destination, but as the day goes on and they begin to climb up the breakdown candle and the market gets stronger and there's no pullbacks. And by the way, the reason, minus the end of the day, the reason why, one of the reasons why the market did what it did today was a lack of participation. Today was a holiday-type tape. It's Columbus Day in the U.S., It's Canadian Thanksgiving Day, which I was remiss in putting inside the numbers, so my apologies. The volume is extremely light in the spiders all day long, and the market ends up on a creeping grind higher. 
fair enough. We don't need to rehash what happened in the past as much as we need to realize where they're going into the future. So where they're going is to the breakdown candle high in that vicinity. Call it 356, give or take. How high did they get today on Monday? Well, they got pretty close. They got as high as 354.02. Not quite to the breakdown candle high, but give them a break. That's all in one day. They had a gap higher and a go. The SPY finished up about 1.7% today. That's a pretty stout day in the SPY. That's a big day. Let's have another discussion. When they get to 356, assuming they do, maybe they don't. Maybe they turn around and they have a gap down on, what do we call it? Turnaround Tuesday. Let's say they get to 356, just for argument's sake. Are we going to be expecting them to just waltz past the graveyard, waltz through 356 and change, get above and close hourly, and then daily above that breakdown candle high in the first run, or under normal garden variety market conditions, what should we expect? The 80-20 rule says that if they get in the vicinity of 356, maybe they spike it by a bunch, maybe they come up short, but somewhere in that neighborhood, they're going to run out of steam, they're going to peter out, and they're going to have a pullback. That's what happens under normal garden variety conditions. So we should expect no different. If they blow through something, it's the unexpected. We don't expect the unexpected, we're aware of the unexpected. What would we do with that information? Well, for example, let's go back to what the high is exactly. It's 356.38. If they started closing hourly, and then certainly if they close daily above 356.38, then something different is developing than the normal garden variety reaction from that destination. So you start the day in uniform and prepared. Look at the weekly chart. We're at or approaching the all-time highs. Can they make new highs? Of course they can make new highs. What's the likely scenario? Are they just going to waltz through everything and keep going? It's unlikely, but we reserve it as the awareness. By the way, go back to the schematic that we've been discussing for weeks and think about this for a second. And I'll even draw the schematic back up on the board. So let's say we have this one going on. We had the pullback and now we're getting to new highs. So let's say they do go to new highs. Remember, this is an ABC, by the way. So you have A up, B is the pullback, C is the completion above the high, officially above the high of the A leg. But think about this for a moment. Even if they make a new high, and forget about how long it would take and forget about when we would top. Time is more important than price. I'll take care of that later. But if, in fact, they do make a new high, remember the result. The ultimate result is still going to be one of these, ultimately. I know I said ultimate twice in the same sentence. That's a no-no from grammar school, but nevertheless, ultimately, that's what's going to happen. Keep this in mind. Remember this always. It's hard to kill a bull. Taking a look at the hourly chart, just want to put something in perspective. Now, sometimes we just don't know exactly where the market's going to decide to put in a turn. However, think in terms of home base. This is an hourly chart. The market was grinding higher, it gapped up and it went all day long, and then we started to get too far away from home base. So what? So under normal garden variety conditions, it's going to pull back somewhere in the vicinity of home base, or at least come in that direction. Give home base a chance to catch up to price, give price a chance to come down a little bit towards home base, everybody's happy, and the market remains in an uptrend, and they can continue to grind higher. 
It's all a matter of how we choose to look at the market. Maybe the market topped out today and it's going to have a huge decline. Maybe it's just a pullback. We don't know until we know, but the awareness is what happens under normal garden variety conditions is the market continues up and then it gets into that quote unquote, and I hate this term, overbought or oversold conditions, and then it pulls back to home base. We don't have a measurement for overbought. We don't have a measurement for oversold. Markets can stay in these perpetually up or down moves for quite a while. Think about this also. It's not that easy to pick out tops, pick out resistance areas when you have a huge candle like this one that happened in one day. There are intraday points in here that were important on that day. However, you have to realize on the way back up, the market's headed to a destination. It has something it's going to do. Does that outweigh those intraday support levels or non-support levels, whatever happened on the day when the market fell out of bed, which happened to be September 3rd. So therefore, it's not that easy in between the lower portion and the upper portion of a big breakdown candle like this to pick out the intra-candle areas where you're going to find legitimate resistance. Hence, there was no short trade proposed inside the numbers. Speaking of which, let's run through the stuff. We're going to be pretty quick through the notes because we had one of those perpetually up days. It was a creeping market. It was a grind higher. It was a trend day up. We have a happy Monday, wake up green, the band is playing on. And in the early going, well before the market opened, we were first looking at 3,500 and 350 in the SPY. That's a long memory or a distant memory, I guess I should say. But that's what they were doing at 7 o'clock in the morning, 6.30 in the morning. While we're down here, we'll take a look at stocks on the move. We only had two on the board. Again, one of these gaps hires in the morning. And it removes a lot of opportunity from the table. However, remember, we're getting into earnings season starts really this week. So the trades will begin to come fast and furious. So my recommendation for Inside the Numbers members is put your seatbelt on. Don't gauge today or Friday as anything that's going to happen going forward with earnings season and stocks on the move. We call this the calm before the storm. Two on the board today, JKS and HUYA. Both hit their numbers. We'll take a look at both charts when we get there. Moving right along. Let's go up to the early thoughts. And in the early thoughts, we're still talking about the 350 level. We're still talking about what happens if they pull back at the open. Anyway, they ended up busting through there and really not looking back. Just the point of what we're discussing in the pre-market. You have to be pre-prepared for everything, for whatever could take place that you can put your finger on. So let's go up, we'll scroll up in the notes and you can see what happened. What I urge you to do is read the notes, pause the video and go back to the charts. Double check the work. 845, 3500 or 350 achieved, pretty remarkable. And even before nine o'clock, they likely have a different exit in mind, meaning exit on the northbound lane or the journey up north. So 350 or 3500 really wasn't it. They had something else going on. There was a different destination that was drawing price to it. Moving right along, 939, painting by the numbers. We got a little play in JKS, little quick profit for those traders painting by the numbers. Again, we're still going to go back to the charts and you'll see what happened. And therefore, moving right along. 
hanging around the big fat round number. Again, it's Columbus Day. We can expect a quiet market, likely to remain most of the day as many traders and market participants take advantage of a three-day weekend. So they make this into a three-day weekend. Even though the market's open, they pretend it's not. Moving right along. All we had at the time was the opening range low, citing the bull bear battle if there was one to ensue, would be at the low of day 349.06. Never happened. They gave nobody a legitimate entry point today on the long side unless a trader just wanted to, quote unquote, hop on board. I'm looking for a shakeout operation where I can hop on board, where everybody else is hopping off board. It never happened. So therefore, we're moving along. After the market opens, they're back up at 350, get a little tiny reaction, and here you go. The choice of this trader is not to short the market in this type of tape. My view is they have a higher number in mind before this run is complete. Turned out to be a pretty good move, so we'll move along. What I'll do from here is I'll just scroll up. You can pause the video and read the notes at your leisure, go back to the charts. But what you'll find is the market was on a grind. It just grinded up all day long. There wasn't a lot to do. It was a good day to quote unquote, and I said this in notes somewhere, get other stuff done. Sometimes the market gives you an opportunity. Sometimes it doesn't give you an opportunity. My view is today the market really wasn't giving you a tradable opportunity, so don't force the issue. Don't invent an opportunity. Now we're going to take a look at JKS, one of the stocks on the move today, and you can see right at the vertical is today's activity, five-minute chart, and 58.70 was the first number on the board, and the secondary number was not reached. However, you can see here that they gave you the trade early, they did dip below, and then they gave you the better trade, but not too many traders are going to stick around waiting for the better trade. They gave you the trade, they gave you the minimum required gain, they just didn't give you the home run. What they did was give you a base hit. That's okay. Base hits put you in the Hall of Fame over time. Guess what? And here it comes. Time is more important than price in more ways than one. The other one that was on the board was H-U-Y-A. So it was getting a pretty nice haircut at the open. In fact, this one could be classified as a buzz cut. Now, here's the deal. So they came somewhat close not necessarily within pennies, but they came close and they had a pretty good rally away. So I was kind of looking away on this one, really wasn't paying attention. They came in and did the deal later on. There were some traders that hopped on board at 22.50. They gave the trade. They went back up near 23. That's a pretty good trade. We're going to say that's better than a base hit for those traders that took the deal. Here's the takeaway. The numbers work. Just wait till earnings season. Remember, fasten seatbelts trade tables in the upright position. What's going on over in Camp IWM? It's in somewhat of an interesting position. Daily chart looks fantastic. It's just on a grind higher. Obviously, they're going to have to pull back. They're far away from home base. The market doesn't like to get too far away from home base. You see here a convergence of the 20 and the 50 period moving average. Ultimately, you're going to see a pullback take place. Where's a logical area for a pullback? Well, it's 160. Let me explain why. Because this one, just from a bird's eye view, is absolutely a full stack. First, it's a big fat round number. Okay. Secondly, there's a gap right at 160.04 here in this candle from the 7th of October. So the closing price is 160.04. There's a gap. That's number two. Number three, wouldn't this be classified as a breakout area? The market runs up to here, pulls back, runs up again, has a real pullback, 
right? And then all of a sudden, here's the bust through. So didn't they bust through? Therefore, isn't this a breakout? Wouldn't they come back to test the former breakout area? And guess what? The short answer is yes. The long answer is, of course they will. But here's another interesting factoid about the IWM. So here is this huge breakdown candle, and the high is 162.91. We talked about this last week. Above that high puts us in no man's land where there's a gap up above. So where did the market close last week? Closing price is 162.70, right below the breakdown candle high. Anybody surprised? No, of course not. The question is, how far can they get above this week? Can they get above this week? Can they close above this week? Close above this week, and the gap is an open item. 167.10 would be the gap and the open item. At present, we can simply say, up north, that is the destination. They did close above this breakdown candle high, again, 162.91, but remember, this is intra-week. This is a daily close intra-week they can get above it's the weekly close that's the most important at least as it relates to this chart also the iwm was not up as much as the spy today was do we make a federal case out of that not really look what it's done over the last few weeks it's hard to make a federal case when they've grinded higher almost every single day that they're not up as much as the s p 500 we'll just leave that aside if you want to put it as a small puzzle piece fine how about the equal weight S&P? Similar situation. All of a sudden, there comes a point when you say, hey, let me scratch my head and go back and make a puzzle piece out of the IWM because the RSP is in the same camp and they typically trade together. The IWM and the RSP, we've noticed of late, have very similar chart and very similar price action. So what we're going to do is we're going to say a non-confirmation, meaning the equal weight isn't up as much as the overweight, the top-heavy weighted SPY. So we know that it's not a broad-based rally as it was previously. We want to note it. It is a puzzle piece. It's on the table. We're not going to take any action on that information today. We just want to note it. It's an awareness. It's a puzzle piece. We'll leave it on the table. And one of the reasons why, because we have a trifecta. When we look at the IWM, we look at the RSP, and then we look at the transports and we say, here we go. The transports were basically flat today. They were up a little bit, but not as much as anything else. They were flat. So are they petering out? So we want to take a cue from what the transports and the IWM do. Why is that? Because they're my two favorite market leading indicators. The IWM is number one, transports number two. However, we know this, the transports are my number one favorite canary in the coal mine. When they diverge, when they underperform, when they outperform, we want to take note, we want to put it as a puzzle piece, and we want it on the table. The transports, here's the weekly, have had a tremendous run. They're going to have to pull back. The question is, from where? Remember, they're at new highs. Here's a monthly chart. Are they going to close the month above the old high? Are they going to come back down? Intra-month, anything goes. There's over two weeks left in the month. And by the way, we have an election on our hands. So make no mistake about it. If we think that the market is just going to be on a runaway train into and through the election, you have to be a little bit bonkers. There has to be volatility. There has to be news items. There has to be black swans. There has to be stuff going on that creates uncertainty around markets. That's the way markets work because it feels like there isn't today doesn't mean there won't be tomorrow.
There will be. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley? Anything going on with the queues? Nothing that we haven't discussed already. You see the breakdown candle. You see where they're going. Get above the high and they want to fill the gap and get above the old high. It's the same conversation. Carbon copy. No change. Move it along. The financials, well above 25, above all the moving averages all of a sudden. Remember, we were in here buying at 23 while everybody else was hiding under their desks with the financials. Now, all of a sudden, on a daily chart, the trend is up. They're above all the moving averages. What do we do with that? We flip over, we take a look at the weekly chart, and we realize while the financials can push higher with the overall market, even if they do, look what they're running into very shortly. The convergence of these moving averages, you have a 50 coming up. You have a convergence of a 200 and a 100 period moving average right around where? An enormous breakdown candle high. Any chance they get through that anytime soon? And the answer is, the short answer anyway is no. The longer answer is no way. So just remember this. The breakdown candle high is about 26.80. So somewhere in between the convergence of these moving averages, which right now are at 26 and a quarter and 26.80, the market, meaning the XLF, is going to run into what? Yes, let's say it all together. Overhead resistance. That's the way the market works. About Smash Mouth, I'll start with the monthly chart because this makes it easy. Anything wrong with Smash Mouth? No. They were up over $3 today, 1.76%, all-time new highs. There's nothing wrong with Smash Mouth. They're a pretty good proxy for the tech space. Obviously, they're going to have to pull back. Question is, when and from what price? We're not in the guessing business, so for this chart, we just move it along. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. It's everything I wanted to and intended to discuss. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.